Once every few years, a movie comes along that touches the heart of middle America. Well, I know you, don't I? You're that rich fella from the TV. What's your name again? My name's Forrest Trump. People call me Forrest Trump. <laughs> That's it. You're running for president, aren't you? I like running. A movie that inspires a generation. Mama always told me I know stupid. No one knows stupid more than I do. Well, that's good enough for me, son. You got my vote. A generation of old white idiots who love to twist the history of their country into a ludicrous fiction that never was. Forrest Trump. We interrupt your regularly scheduled moment of silence to bring you the news. Dabra, Mexico City. Trantor, Arrakis, Ego, Gallifrey, Fluston Paradise. News from around the cosmos, podcasted secretly from 20,000 leagues below Skynet headquarters. This is the Nautilus at Nine with Marcus Nemo. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Nautilus at Nine. I'm Marcus Nemo, bringing you tomorrow's news cycle recycled today. Perhaps you're listening to this on the porch of your Antonio Bay cottage as a malevolent fog bank moves in from the east, or... Maybe you're tuning in as you unpack your belongings in your new shed house at District 9. Now's a good time to fix yourself a stiff drink. Listen to the news from a multitude of different dimensions that are hopefully worse off than the one you're occupying right now. I am currently enjoying one of my favorite on-air cocktails. I call it a Dr. Manhattan Manhattan, which is a cocktail shaker filled with blue ice, one hydrogen atom, whiskey, vermouth, and then placed into an intrinsic field generator, disintegrated, reanimated, and then shaken until it glows with a flare of ultraviolet. And then you just keep drinking them until you're naked. Here's to life. It's highly overrated. Mmm. That is one thermodynamic miracle of a drink. Well, older listeners may remember the tragic events that befell the Norwegian and American research bases in the Antarctic when they were both attacked by a parasitic mimic creature known commonly as the Thing, or Thing from another planet. Well, it's just been confirmed that a second Thing has recently thawed out, but this time it's at Earth's northern pole smack dab in the middle of Santa's workshop. Reports of mutilated reindeer parts have been spotted all through the candy cane forest and floating on the sea of swirly-twirly gumdrops. And because of the chameleon-like ability of this particular alien monster to disguise itself as any life form, the surviving toy maker elves have resorted to extreme acts of violence against one another. The paranoia has even forced old Saint Nick himself into hiding, last seen taking cover under the burnt-out husk of a sleigh armed with a flamethrower. Here now is the emergency sideband audio we received from Father Christmas. Warning, extreme language is used. Echo, Tango, Niner, Niner, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Mayday, 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 this is jolly old elf Sierra Charlie. We have an alien hostel in the magic workshop. Repeat, there's a f***ing naughty lister in the toy shop. I can tell you this much. I knew something was up when Rudolph started playing reindeer games right out of the blue. You know, like Monopoly. But then like an hour later, all these reindeer are f***ing dead and I see this sick looking multi-headed reindeer mutant f***ing he's f***ing chewing his way through a f***ing abominable snowman. I can't even tell you what this motherfucker did to Mrs. Claus. Oh, I think I see it. Come and help me. Repeat, come and help me. Well, of course, children around the world will be disappointed this holiday season as Christmas has been cancelled for the foreseeable future, or until such time as Mr. Claus himself will go public with a voluntary blood test to prove that he is indeed Father Christmas and not the aforementioned parasitic alien demon creature bent on destroying the human race. <laughs> well, you better watch out and you better not pout, eh, kids? <laughs> <sighs>
In other news, pandemonium broke out at the Cybernetics Television Network yesterday at the filming lot of the well-known reality TV show So You Think You're a Real Stepford Wife. Apparently, the locked-off set was suddenly under attack by two of the most powerful cyberwomen in show business. Caprica Six of the Cylon Homeworld and Borg Queen of Borg broke in right in the middle of taping and began to decimate the entire studio. The assault was in protest to the way women who identify as cybernetic are depicted on television. And that, quote, the Stepford homemaker mechanoids with their bionic bake sales and Martha Circuit-style crafting is an out-of-date and offensive portrayal of what it means to be fee-mech. Well, within mere minutes, the entire show went offline, including the four celebrity judges made up of a Cyberman, a Terminator, a Dalek, and a Robocop, who were quite literally blown away by the two wired warrior women, which of course was met by a standing ovation from the studio audience. In a final act, the Caprica Six cut all the apron strings off the Stepford Wives as the Borg Queen rewired their positronic matrixes to erase all the obedient and docile programming, giving them a more empowering message of destroy all humans, and then set them loose to return to their suburban home. Homes. Well, perhaps these two Technotitans should head over to the Nexus 6 studios and exterminate that nauseating garbage dancing with the skin jobs, because no one needs that cyberpunk junk either, off-world or not. Well, it seems Melmachian comedian and renowned cat predator Gordon Shumway, the artist formerly known as ALF, was found on the floor of his Los Angeles apartment having choked to death on a giant hairball lodged in his throat. The alien entertainer known for his 80s sitcom ALF had a notorious reputation of using his celebrity to lure rare and exotic cats back to his apartment for late-night snacking. Evidence points to the fact that he may have overdone it, though some have claimed a more insidious plot in this incident because of the high-profile felines he's recently been seen with. Some of these include the White Persian belonging to Ernst Stavro Blofeld of Spectre, Mr. Bigglesworth, a hairless sphinx belonging to Dr. Evil, and Mad Cat, a black and gray tabby belonging to Dr. Claw of Malevolent Agency of Destruction or Mad. The note found near the body of Shumway has been speculated on as either a planted suicide note or perhaps the last-ditch effort of the orange comedian to write a joke on his dying breath. It simply read, Ha, I kill me. Oh, and there's the sound of the Voxcraphonic Vortex, our portable radio porthole to the other side of the elsewhere. Let's tune that in and have a bit of a listen. Captain's Log Supplemental. After the vicious attack on Ensign Wesley Crusher by Lieutenant Worf, Lieutenant Commander Data has theorized that the cause may have something to do with the Enterprise's orbit around the blood moon of Lupin Four. That is correct, sir. Shut up, Data! We have now confined Mr. Worf to the brig, but it seems Ensign Crusher has run off. We believe he is showing signs of the Klingon Jatala and fear. Young Wesley is becoming a teenage werewolf. How? Panic ensues on the Enterprise when a blood fever overtakes Wesley Crusher, giving him violent mood swings, rapid hair growth, gorges on his face, and worst of all, an unbridled lust for competitive foreplay. <coughs> Crew members' nostrils become under attack as every corner of the ship is penetrated by the sour sex smells of Klingon adolescents and stinky sneakers. Can the Enterprise survive this agitated ensign's transformative phase, or will the crew become agitated enough to set their phasers to chill? Find out on I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Next time on RAR Track, the next transformation. Well, we're back, and it looks like we're almost out of time. So we thought we'd leave you with the musical stylings of Gordon Shumway from his box office failure, Alphan Office. And I'm Marcus Nemo, telling you to set your neuralizer for roughly the nine-minute mark so you erase your memory of everything you just heard. And as always, for dark is the suede that mows like a harvest. Good night. Hey, Willie. I'm phoning from the White House. 
and I'm thinking things are about to get a little hairy. Ha! I can't talk with world leaders now. I'm making a casserole. Get it? Casserole! Ha! I kill me. It's a fact. I come from Melmac. My color's bright orange. Nothing rhymes with that. Invite me in, and I'll talk some smack. But I'll grab your pussy if you turn your back. I eat cats. Hey! Ha! You got a feline? I'm gonna beeline cats. Hey! Ha! Missing your kitten in my tummy? It's sitting. I eat cats. I've heard of puppet presidents before, but this takes the biscuit. The Nautilus at Nine was created, written, and performed by David Radford and produced by Launchpad Theatre Company. Dark sorceress of the Ectonet and Necromanagerial Magic is Christina Patterson. Ooh, great title. And she's also the voice you're hearing now. Hello, podcast land. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Nautilus at Nine on iTunes. And to find out more about all things Launchpad, go to launchpadtheater.com or like us on Facebook. Or why not become a Skynet pirate and follow The Nautilus at Nine on Twitter at Nautilus at Nine. And we'll make sure to send you an ahoy, matey. Thanks for listening. For dark is the sway that... Mm, we can do better than that. Anal natroch, usvos. Peto doch yel